ladies and gentlemen, back up on you. It's the Ozone. Omar Miller here at Omar Miller on Twitter at Omar Benson Miller on Instagram, and my brother Terry Miller, also known as the Icons. Yes, yes, yes. Let's get busy. You're very amped and ready to go. Let's and do it. You're Jaime the robot. I, I am Jaime the robot. Anybody remember Get Smart? <laughs> Great show with Don Adams. Tremendous show. Shout out to R.I.P. to Don Adams, comic genius. Uh, we're coming at you live the day after opening day. And I tell you, we couldn't be more excited. There's so much stuff going on. The major leagues is happening. Uh want to start out with the big news, which was Villanova pulling off the upset. Wow. Wow. Taking down the number one Tar Heels on a buzzer beater. On a buzzer beater. I mean, it was something special. I think it's pretty interesting because uh, maybe more incredible than the buzzer beater itself was the fact that the over-under on this game was 149.5. That means it's 150. The final score for the game was 77-74. Unbelievable. It's unbelievable what these guys do. Now, do you think that the fix is in on something like that? No, because when you see how spontaneous the game unfurled, it's hard to say, oh, that's fixed. It's, like, really, really hard to say because that kid hit a jump man three from, like, 35 feet on, uh, on, on North Carolina with somebody in his face. He did like a Tony Hawk skater pose like he was doing an ollie, and he still hit the three. Then North Carolina comes back down, plays terrible defense, and then uh, and then and allows the kid to hit the open three. Now, the kid had to hit the three, and it was kind of mind-blowing to me because they were calling that kid chubby, which is amazing to me. If he's chubby, I'm which, all out obese. Yeah, well, I guess it means nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, wow, uh, kind of unbelievable. And I tell you what else, man. The coach over there at Villanova has ice water in his veins. <laughs> ice <laughs> water. I'm talking about. He, he, the shot went up. He acted like he was just out for a morning tea. <laughs> he didn't. <laughs> there was no, no reaction, no nothing. Uh, back to this gambling thing. I know a lot of people who caught that game at plus 2.5 for Villanova. So they just wanted any sort of uh, close game and a win for Nova guaranteed it. I just I just can't get over the idea that the gamblers can peg that game so close. Now, how do you think they do that? I don't know. I mean, we've all seen Casino. Apparently, there's guys who have insider information. But I think that some of it has to be rigged with the, with the refs. But it can't be every game because they're right almost every game when, when it comes to uh, sports, when it comes to a lot of sports, not all sports. I mean, you're the baseball guru. Let's, let's get this out in the air. Uh, icons are nine and two with their picks on opening day, which is very thank you, very thank you, impressive. thank you, very impressive. Nine and two, you can make some money dealing with this guy. Um, but think about that. Both of these teams were averaging ninety five and ninety one points, I do believe, throughout the tournament. And so that's you're talking about, you know, one one eighty five, one eighty six, and they brought it down to one fifty, and then they hit it almost spot on. And once again, it comes down to defense, right? In my opinion, yeah. it came down to defense. I mean, I didn't feel like Villanova could defense the big man. They did a good job by applying the trap, but UNC showed some discipline. They were able to get out of the trap and move the ball around. The key to getting out of the trap is uh, is actually making good passes. You can't dribble your way out of the trap. You have to pass your way out of the trap. And UNC was doing that in the first half, which led to a lot of open three-pointers. And then it also led to a lot of work for the big fellas, dunks, layups, so on and so forth. But... At, there was a point in the second half where UNC got away from that, and Villanova went on a 33-16 run. Woo. Yeah. 
And that's a, that's a serious run that's really hard to get over, really. I mean, it, but they came back. But they bounced back. And one way they bounced back was through the bigs. And one way they bounced back was through the ice water in the veins of their guards. Tremendous game. I mean, one of the best college games I've ever seen, if not the best college game I've ever seen. Wow. It was a back and forth. I mean, it was incredible. And and I just, you know, I want to, what I'd like to do is to speak about the cultural relevance of the Michael Jordan meme. <laughs> Michael Jordan. The crybaby meme. The crybaby <laughs> meme at, uh, at, at when Michael Jordan was being inducted into the Hall of Fame. It's just mind-blowing to me. <laughs> if you're on social media, if you are on social media, you could not get away from that meme. It's like the social media heads had this queued up because less than 15 seconds after they lost the game, I saw one of the funniest memes of all time, which is they took a still shot of Michael Jordan looking down at his phone, and the image that he saw was himself crying on the meme. <laughs> it, was, it was priceless. It was priceless. Let's uh, let's let's go to that that Villanova North Carolina Chris Jenkins shot winning the game. Now you're looking at the ticker tape parade confetti, and that was well before anybody actually verified that the shot was out of his hands. <laughs> So, realistically, if th- that would have been a, an hour delay for them to clean all that shit off of the court if it wasn't for <laughs> if the kid had to got it off. So let's just let's just thank God that he actually got it off. I just you know I really I was really impressed with Nova and that gritty East Coast grown man basketball that they employed. Very gritty, very grimy game, very team oriented game. Problem that I had was. I personally feel like there was terrible defense played at the end of the game. In the last shot of the game, one of the things they teach you when you play basketball is you always have to watch the man that inbounds the ball. You hear, you hear, you know, uh, announcers talk about it all the time in the NBA. Well, what happens is they take the ball full court, and the man, Chris Jenkins, who inbounded the ball, basically trailed down. He sprinted. The senior, who just went out with a bang there, the senior guard dribbles down, and his man was guarding him, but the big man who's supposed to be guarding Chris Jenkins decided to, like, half double team. He, he wasn't committed on what he was going to do. You know, he didn't commit to double teaming, and he didn't commit to guarding his own man, which led to uh, that guy had the wherewithal to see, oh, wow, Chris is wide open. Look at Chubby Chris. Chubby Chris is, is available and and I'm gonna give him this this handoff, because uh, worst case scenario we just get some free basketball and we play into overtime. Right. But instead of that, what ended up happening was he gave him a handoff. I mean, there's not a hand in this kid's face. He ended up they ended up closing out on him, but far too late. And you know, looking at these North Carolina players after the game, they look like the Jordan meme. These guys are crying all over the place. I've been there. I know how emotional the game is for a young man. It's really, really hard to contain yourself because for most guys, they don't, they've never experienced love for anything other than their family like they do for the game that they play their whole life. Right, competition in general. Competition in general. And when it's so close, 
It's different than when you get blown out. You saw Buddy Heel get blown out in that uh right. in in the in the final four game and he wasn't crying. It was just like, yeah, hey, I balled and <laughs> I right, balled right. for the tournament. See you guys in the draft. I see y'all in the draft. I'm about to get paid. And part of that is because the game wasn't even close. Villanova blew them out. Shout out to DC Sly for calling those those right, Saturday sure games. Did. I mean wow. he called them spot on. Blowout and all. Wow. He broke it down. And what about this Marcus Page kid? You know, he, he has nothing to be ashamed about. He's got nothing to be ashamed of. He's a winner. Stone cold. Come on, dude. Stone cold. But you know what? In the moment, it doesn't, it's not about, in the moment, it's about are you an actual winner right, right now? Can you take the pressure? And ultimately, these kids, this is what separates the good from the great, in my opinion, because ultimately, we're going to see if these guys can, uh, can, can bounce back and make some noise when they get to the NBA. Uh, stuff like this has been known to crumble many a man. Right. Coming up that inch short. And you're okay to come up an inch short when you're actually a professional because you're probably already wealthy. Uh, even though as a competitor, I don't think it's okay. But that's the, that's the mentality guys take. I always felt like it was more competition. I mean, uh, competitive or harder to play with pressure in college than it is in the pros because you're actually paid in the pros and you're not paid in college. There's so, no doubt about it. Yeah. And you won't be paid and if you you'll can't never perform get paid. in the pressure. Right. You can't take it. You can't take an L, yeah. not like that. You can't take it because you, you can't definitely take... don't have time to study, right? <laughs> because you're these kids. Everybody on Villanova, North Carolina, all of the Final Four teams, Syracuse, uh, uh, the Sooners. I mean, I go as far as to say the Sweet Sixteen, maybe, maybe even the the, the round of thirty two. Everybody on those teams hasn't been to class in a month. <laughs> yeah. Explain, riddle me that, Batman. Now, if you were down there at NRG in uh, arena in in uh, in the Houston, and you saw a hundred thousand people in the arena, you see millions of people watching on television. Maybe they're being homeschooled. They are not being <laughs> homeschooled. <laughs> but but how? Who in their right mind can say that these kids don't deserve some sort of a stipend? some sort of money because this is big money that we're talking about that's being generated. Last night, I'll tell you something that blew my mind. The game isn't even on, and I could be just out of touch on this one. The game isn't even on network television anymore. This is right. a championship game. is only on cable now. Unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Now, do you think that that cannibalizes the game? Obviously not because there's no shortage of basketball players. I, think, right. that, I think that this has really hurt baseball uh, more so than it's hurt Definitely. basketball. I think football is the smartest because they've just created an incredible interest in their games, uh, partially by just showing the games on network television. Right. And what happens is, is I mean, I used to be on a Sunday night show, CSI Miami, and it was a juggernaut. But you know who used to smack us around consistently? NFL. Sunday night football. And I don't care who's playing. It could right. be the Browns in Jacksonville. <laughs> that they, they, people are going to watch, man. And, it, and it's a trip, though. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, back to the other thing. How can you really say, if you've ever been there, how can you really say that these kids don't deserve some sort of a stipend? Something. Something. You're selling your jersey, and you're supposed to be getting an education as your recompense for it. But are you getting the education? Because you were out of school for at least a month. Right. You're a student athlete, supposedly. So you practice at least three, four hours a day. You got weightlifting. You got morning uh, supposed study hall, where I know a lot of my fellow athletes used to get a lot of sexual activity cracking in the study hall. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. I just feel like there's got to be something. When I was in college, there was a guy who was the star point guard on our basketball team, and he used to cut hair. 
Now, everybody knew that the star guard was getting blue chipped. He had uh, his own apartment, condo. There was a butler named Jeeves right. when you called him. <laughs> right. He had an assistant. It was, it was insane. Uh, he had a Pathfinder, which at the time was everything. But the the point guard, who was actually really good as well, was not getting blue chipped, and he was a barber. He used to cut our hair, and we would have to leave our $5 for the cut on the top of his dresser on our way out like we had accidentally dropped it there like he was a prostitute so that if anybody was pulling a D'Angelo Russell and was snitching on him, he wouldn't lose his scholarship. Right. How can you do that? They justify by giving you education, supposedly. I mean, but as you stated, the education is not there at that point. And if you don't get drafted, then you end up dumb as a bag of rocks. You really do. And you're in the chow line. You're in the chow line, and it's all bad. Uh, and looking to just ball people up at the park. You all parked then. You're all parked. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, one of the things that I've been hearing about is how is how – how last night Roy Williams got out coached and that's that's he felt like a lot of people were talking about how you know North Carolina should have just continued to stuff the ball down the middle and down Nova's throat and they're saying Roy lost that game and he was out coached even on the last play it looked like a really nice game but I know some gamblers who said they didn't even bet against uh, uh, North Carolina they bet against Roy Williams wow <laughs> right I mean that's that's pretty man that's that's pretty serious work right there. I don't know, man. This college thing, there's so many teams, there's so many games, and it's just it comes down to this, and you have to answer the bell. And can you do it? That's what it comes down to. Right. And so much is riding on this. Some of these kids you know are never going to go pro, and they're not worried about it, and they can actually just enjoy themselves. What's the percentage on that? Super low. Like 95% don't make it right? 97? Well, I, I was about to say, I think you're giving love. I think there's, you know, the handful of people that actually make it to professional as the athletes that they play in college, I think you saw them on the Jordan memes last night. <laughs> they're, they're, you know, they're people in the crowd. Everybody saw everybody. Charles Barkley, big gambler. Michael Jordan, big gambler. How much money do you think was wagered by those gamblers last night on uh, – how, what do you think? What do you think? What do you think about that? Everybody knows Jordan's a big gambler. There's no telling what he put on the line. And especially for his team. Right. But he's not playing. Well, that doesn't, he doesn't play in most of the stuff that he gambles on. Yeah, but, you know, when it comes down to basketball, he's a control guy. I Maybe so. Yeah, but he's always on time. Which leads me to say, I want to give a shout out to Ritmo Mundo. You can stay the course and on time with the Racer 44mm driven by a Swiss Ronda Quartz chronograph movement. You wearing your Ritmo Mundo today, T? Yes. It's beautiful. Beautiful yeah, watch. Beautiful. So, want to move on. Uh, want to speak on uh, want to speak on a topic that's near and dear to our hearts. And it's a game of baseball. The game's parked up. The game sparked up. You almost spit out your water over there, right? Icon. No, I can't believe it. I mean, this is like the best time of the year. How about smell the grass? Except for October, when it's like the, the ultimate. Well, we have to start it before we, we can finish it. Got to start. It. You're right. You're right. I get a little anxious. Yeah. Um, but how about Clayton Kershaw's performance? Break down. Break down opening night and subsequently opening day for me. You know what? With Clayton Kershaw, that was to be expected, but. Jake Arrieta really showed him up because what Jake Arrieta did, he was he shut down the Angels. The Angels have a monster lineup. 
and the Padres really don't. Not to take anything away from what Kershaw did, because there are professional, they're major leaguers, but I mean, what? How many strikeouts did he have last night? Kershaw? Yeah, nine. I think it's yeah. I think he had nine. Nine and seven. I think he had nine and seven. He only gave up one hit. Yeah, and that hit was suspect because Carl Crawford didn't see the ball, which is you know he could have had a like a no hitter going into the seventh, but the game was a blowout and he never gets run support, which was unbelievable. He got fifteen runs last night. I mean, when he got the one or two runs, it just seemed like oh, like, oh the game's over. <laughs> the game is over. Dude, and let's look what? at something else. I think the San Diego the San Diego Padres felt the same way. Yeah, they did. They were, they were broke. That was it. They yeah, were, they were it. absolutely broken. They can't do anything about it. Now, you watched Jake Arrieta last night, and he was unbelievable. He mixed, mixed his pitches up. He hit his spots early, too. This is early in the season. He showed good control. He showed you know, good but control, it, good command over his pitches. I think some of the batters showed a lack of discipline as well. You know, Well, you know what? Jake Arrieta, uh, uh, Clayton Kershaw, and um, who else did I see out there with the same kind of – I would say David Price and – who else? There Chris Sale looked else. nice, but he gave up three earnings. Yeah, but no, no, no. What I'm saying is is that uh, these guys showed composure. Right. And when you looked at the opening day game with the Blue Jays and the Tampa Bay Rays, Chris Archer on any given day is the best pitcher in baseball. Right. Struck out 12. But he was out of control early. He was too hyped up. You could see the youth in his game yeah. because he was too excited. He was missing up early. And let me tell you something. You can't miss up to the Toronto Blue Jays lineup. You can't miss up to little leaguers, really. Good point. <laughs> Especially yeah. the Toronto Blue Jays. Yeah. So he paid the price. He paid the price. 12 strikeouts, though. You're supposed to win the game. They're just young. They I are mean, young. They're, over they're there a great Tampa. team, though. They're, they're just young. And they, 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 lost, they miss Madden. So they do miss Madden. Yeah. So break it down to me, game by game. So you got that. I want to talk about the game that you picked that you were most confident about, which was the Kansas City Royals going against the New York Mets. Now, you love Matt Harvey. You brought Matt Harvey on the scene yeah. in our fantasy league. Yeah. You love the guy. Met him a few times. He's a really nice cool, guy, stone-cold yeah, yeah, yeah. stud. Stone-cold stud. Love yeah. Matt Harvey. And he loves to talk about the game. Which is awesome. Yeah, which is awesome. You're awesome. <laughs> no, you're awesome, dude. <laughs> but you got guys, like, uh-huh, got guys like Cespedes out there. I... I He's a great athlete, but I don't know if he focuses enough in the games. I, it's like he got paid and he doesn't take it serious anymore. Hold on a second, because if, even before he got paid, he dropped the ball in center field uh, to start off the World Series. Yeah, yeah. Now, do you think? Now, do you put that on Terry Collins for having him out there for having him in the wrong position? Who do you put that on? It has to go. Some of it has to go to the coach. But bottom line, Cespedes is the one in the field. He has to have some kind of respect for his game. I agree. I agree. I mean, the ball hits your glove. If you touch it, you catch it. Really, right? Yeah. You can't You can't nonchalant go for the ball, drop it, and throw it in like, oh, well, you know what? It's just another ball. Well, I actually put out a case. Uh, what was the name of that movie with Dan Aykroyd and uh, 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 with uh, Damon Wayans, Randy Quaid, or Dennis Quaid? No, no, which, which Quaid brother was that? Uh, Probably Randy. Uh, uh, and where they the Celtics where where Damon Wayans was on the Celtics oh and and they and the, and the Celtics fans kidnapped him can we look it up and the Celtics fans kidnapped him I personally feel like Matt Harvey might have Yoannis Cespedes kidnapped <laughs> and, and possibly harmed because Cespedes does more harm to Matt Harvey in the field than. Wow, just unbelievable how maybe he just doesn't play well in Kansas City. I think that, you know, you have to look at the whole team. I, I didn't pick him, even though Matt Harvey's a better pitcher than Edison Volquez, but because the whole team 
they're not as tight of a unit as the the Kansas City Royals. So you can't think that they're going to be the team like the world champs. What's the difference between the championship game and what you just saw the other day? That's a good point. The championship series. And then and then you know what else I'll say to go along with that is I've I still have yet to see and this is a bold statement, but I've yet to see a better team unit than the Kansas City Royals over these past couple of years. Right. They these guys just find a way to win. They're not intimidated. They don't strike out. And they pick each other up. And they pick look each other that. up. Look at uh look at And they don't have a real slugger on their squad. No. Was that is that Herrera or was that Soria that that uh ended up giving up the runs? Soria. Soria had a hard time. And what happens? Wade Davis comes in and he gets the job done. Yeah, he, he was a little shaky, but it's the first game of the year, so you, it's to be expected. But other than that, he regrouped, got himself together, and got out. He got out, and he got Yoenis Cespedes out for the of game. Of course. <laughs> uh, let's talk about David Wright. What do you think about David Wright? I feel bad because David Wright is a stud. He was a stud. But now, you know, he's declining, and he has to learn or he has to say to himself, you know what, I shouldn't really be in the two or three hole. He's in the two hole, and Cespedes is in the three hole. That's a two-three punch that's not there, actually. It's not as effective as, say, Bautista and Encarnacion. Exactly. I would really give that Conforto kid a shot in the three-hole. Yeah, and I need him to play every day. Yeah, I don't know I, what this, this platooning nonsense is about. Yeah, but they're uh, very disappointed in Terry Collins and the Mets because they, they're a better team than that. If you put together a monster rotation like that, you have to be able to put out some kind of offense or defense for your pitchers. I agree. And let's talk about this. Uh, let's talk about a couple fantasy sleeper cells here. And I feel confident in a pick that I made uh, with a kid down in Atlanta named Adonis Garcia. Ooh. Man. Come on, man. He's a stud. Kid went deep. There's a lot of sleepers out there. Kevin Pillar. Kevin Pillar setting the table for Kevin Kiermaier. Come on, man. I uh, wish they gave points for defense. Right. He's a monster out there in the field. The sleeper was Story, right? Now look at Trevor's Story. Wow. Ask Zach Greinke about Trevor yeah. Story. <laughs> yeah. Well, now Zach Greinke is pulling up lane. He, he, he supposedly had the flu. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, we're going to see. The numbers aren't going to lie uh, because he's no longer the number two man. Now he's, he he's the actual ace. <laughs> he can't hide. And he's got to face other aces. Yeah. And uh, and actually, I'm looking for a good start out of Shelby Miller, to be honest. I'm looking for a good season out of Shelby Miller. Well, you know what? That good cheese always translates. <laughs> it translates. <laughs> and he's got himself under control. Oh, man. You know, he composed himself he's last young. year. He's really young, and he was on a bad team last year, so it's always hard right. for a guy right. to keep his game together there. Especially a pitcher because they try to do everything themselves when you know they don't get the defense or the run support that they think that they deserve. And then let's talk about uh, let's talk about my pick to win it is the San Francisco Giants. Yeah, National League they should go all the way, and I think that Houston probably in the American League, Houston and KC in the big dance. Really, uh-huh, going at it because I mean the issue is going to be is that. Uh, San Francisco put up 12 runs yesterday, not off the best pitchers in the world, but at the same yeah. time, they've never had offense. Now right. they got offense, and they shut you down. Right. And I tell you what, it leads me to want to speak on the, the foolishness of uh, the way – I can't see it as any other way. I mean, I'll let you call it out there in fanland. Why did Johnny Cueto have a hard time getting his money in this offseason? Or getting a job. I mean, he, this was like the worst year that he's had in the past five years. But his stats are better than actually Zach Grinke's the past five years. And he won the World Series. And he won the World Series. And he was an instru- uh, instrumental part in winning the World yes, Series. Yes, yes. He's probably changed your Donnie Ventura's career around. He probably has changed your Donnie Ventura's career. Speaking of the flu, a lot of flu's going around Major League yeah, Baseball you know, right now. I don't know. What is this? Guys coughing, not covering their mouth. Come on, dude. Slap a high five. Slap a high five. And all of a sudden, they're sick. 
just like that. <laughs> <laughs> we get Ernie out of there. Hey, I want to send a shout out to all my friends over at 5-4 Clothing. Uh, they always keep you looking fresh and looking right. I am the voice of the 5-4 Club. And if you want to look good without shopping all the damn time, go visit 5-4Club.com. So, want to slide into a different topic now. Want to move into the world of boxing. We got, uh, we got a big fight coming up this weekend with Timothy Bradley going up against Manny Pacquiao. Now, Manny Pacquiao... There's a cloud of controversy that I'm gonna. I'm very interested to see how it affects the actual sales of this fight, you know. Uh, but uh, behind Manny's uh, uh, comments about his lack of a belief, lack of endorsement for gay marriage, and really doesn't have anything to do with boxing, in my opinion. Uh, but it had to struck a personal chord for Tim Bradley because Timothy Bradley. I think he said his uncle died of AIDS uh, uh, early uh, in the AIDS ac- epidemic, and he was homosexual. Um, you know, it, it personalizes it personalizes the situation for Tim Bradley. I know you and I both feel like Timothy Bradley is a vastly underrated fighter in he this is. era. Mm-hmm. He he, he's shown a lot of heart. He has crazy athleticism, and uh, and now he's got a new trainer in Teddy Atlas. Right, but I think that. Mixing and matches of, of styles, it's not going to work out for him the right way. Still, he hasn't beaten him once, although third time may be a charm. It's hard to beat a guy. Just like we talk about all the time in, in baseball, uh, basketball, it's hard to beat any team more than two times in a row in any sport. Yes. And, and your fighting pack, who knows how he's going to come off off of this shoulder injury. He, even though he looks pretty good on the mitts and in he the, looks great. I mean, Jesus, he's this guy, a monster. Uh, I hate this whole. The, I hate the Mayweather-Pacquiao hype, and I hate that I saw Freddie Roach saying that he wouldn't mind uh, seeing a, a rematch because he'd like to have that fight over again, and uh, blah blah blah. And you know, there's no reason for Floyd to do anything like that unless you play him, pay him a billion dollars. <laughs> even really. if you pay him a billion dollars, and nobody he, wants to see it again anyway. Yeah. You know, why Why should he do that? Yeah, with the situation with Timothy Bradley out here right now, though, Timothy Bradley has a great opportunity to take his uh, game to a next level. He and, does, yeah. and, and, and get a, another big money fight that he should, uh, you know, get another big money fight that he actually deserves. Right. Now, Pacquiao's a heavy favorite. Should, because he actually, his skill set is not, like, diminished or anything. He, no, and he's he just doesn't the guy have twice. Lot, yeah, and he doesn't have a lot of pop as he used to, but he still can, you know, lay mitts. He, yeah, he can, he can put tips on oh, you. Yeah. And, and what's interesting about that is, you know, this is the, the changing of a guard in a sense. The, Freddie Roach has come, gone on record and said that he thinks Manny Pacquiao should retire after this fight, win or lose. Uh, he's just basically saying that's, that's it. That's enough. We did enough. And Pacquiao's talking about tri- fighting Triple G. <laughs> Which is not a good decision. Which is not a good decision. Not a good decision. That's that's not the right move. And knowing Pacquiao with his bravado, he probably want to you know move up to fight him. Right, and get in there and go toe to toe with a young man, and, and he's going to end up going to sleep. And end up going to sleep. He's going to end up going to sleep. Man, Pacquiao <laughs> still sleep. In the words of Floyd Mayweather. But let's talk about Adrian Broner. Adrian Broner has turned himself in. Sad. And then a couple. <laughs> so <Donald> sad. <laughs> so sad. This and then, guy. And then he's gotten out. Uh. And then he's gotten out. He got out immediately. He bailed himself out. Yeah. And and you know you brought up a very interesting point about feeling bad for Adrian Broner. Speak on that. Yeah. Well, 
people should give this guy some love, man. That's what looks like what he's crying out for. He just needs some kind of attention, but it needs to be positive because if nobody's giving him guidance. You got a bunch of front runners on his squad probably that's pumping him up with the madness. Hey, man, you should do this and do that. And instead of that, you know, the guy has an opportunity to be successful and to be positive and, you know, to do great things in life with an opportunity like that. And he's using it for something wrong. He's using it for something wrong, and and so you feel like this is from coming up under the tutelage of something wrong, like yeah. with Floyd Mayweather and his allegations of taking some guys out to the desert and beating the crap out of them, beating right. them within an inch of his life, right. their lives, and apparently you know that went away, which leads you to believe that there was some sort of a settlement involved. Exactly, and Broner probably felt like he could do the same thing, and you know instead of if you want to gamble, everybody should understand the responsibility of gambling. If you gamble, you take a loss, and if you take a loss, then you have to eat that. You can't go out in the parking lot most of the time and wait for a guy, you know. And they say that and they have a video. Bust his face open because yeah. you're a professional fighter. Yeah, you're not supposed to be laying hands on anybody. No, you can't lay hands. Now let's hear what let's hear what Broner said at the end of the fight against Ashley Theophane. Uh, he 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 handily won the fight. By the way, I don't know if you get to see this fight. Yeah, I saw some of the highlights. It wasn't much. It was lopsided. Yeah. And when Broner shows up, when Broner shows up to fight, he's actually you know pretty good. I actually think he can beat Floyd. Wow. Well, Broner seems to feel the same way yeah. because this is what he said. So, you know, this is very Hollywood in right. a sense. You have the little brother who wants to fight the big brother. He, he, this is something I will say. Floyd Mayweather has made, uh, you know, a lot of money branding himself as the bad guy and as the mark. And all of these guys now are trying to trade. I mean, you can't watch a boxing publication or anything about Flo- without hearing Floyd Mayweather's name, and he's retired. Right, right. And they're trying to find somebody to pass the torch to. It seems like it. And yeah. Broner dropped the ball because they, I mean, they gave this guy a championship pretty much yeah. right after he lost. Yeah, yeah. It's just a bad situation with this kid, man, because he needs he needs some kind of guidance, and he's not getting it. You can have a lot of money, but what does that mean if you're con- completely confused? This guy is confused in life. He doesn't. You know, he doesn't have any kind of guidance. You need someone to tell him it seems like what's right and what's wrong. He doesn't know. At a, you know, and if they give this kid the, what was that defense that they ran with that kid? The, the shoulder roll? No, no, no. The rich kid that got out of the. Oh, yeah. oh, he's uh, he's privileged. Yeah. He so, had the, yeah, what was the yeah. name of that? The what was kid? the name of that defense that they, uh, they called up? But, uh, uh, affluenza. Yeah. What's the difference at this point? What's the difference between he has affluenza at this point? He doesn't know what's right or wrong. You're right. And truth be told, we've seen throughout the history of mankind that 
poverty has created more confusion than affluenza ever could hope to. Right. Uh, poverty is and 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 you know, Broner talks about even here how he came from water and cornflakes. And there's something that happens to people when they become newly rich. And he, this kid, this is he's he's on the path now where you wake up one morning, you see a headline where Adrian Broner is dead yeah. or has been killed or something like that. Yeah. You, you hate to see, yeah, exactly. you know, you've read this this script before, you've seen this movie before, exactly. But this is all coming from a situation where you're being mentored by a, a guy like Floyd Mayweather who puts such an emphasis on having money and having materialism. Material, and yeah, yeah. Now, but do you feel like he was really mentoring him, or do you feel like that was a That's fake what friendship? They say. That's what they say. They say that he was mentoring him and also because Adrian Broner if that was the case that. if that was the case why didn't he sign to Mayweather Promotions sour grapes at this point you know they f- they fell out before that right right i mean but when is somebody going to tell the guy hey man listen you need to come over here and get your life together it seems to me that's how a lot of religious sects go and grab a guy like him and get him yeah, yeah you know a popular guy a powerful guy right. who then in turn they use his vulnerability to potentially brainwash him like and, a mike tyson and next thing you know that he could be representing anything right what do you mean by like mike tyson well you know when he went to the nation of islam he before he went he wasn't in the nation of Islam oh, yeah, before, yeah, he, went yeah. before he went to prison. Yeah, he was, then he, then and he, he was kind of like wild. Yeah. And then he came they out took and, and they took him under his wing and he talked about having more discipline yeah. and so on and so forth. Yeah, it's a life discipline that this guy needs that he never got before. And he probably needed the military more than he needed anything. Wow. Yeah, because you can't talk about a guy who's going to die before he's 30 and say, oh, well, he made a lot of money. So what? He's dead. Wow, you just go ahead and put him. You're, you're already writing a, a eulogy for the young man. <laughs> no, right? no, 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 no. This is the road. Taking a, taking a somber tone on the ozone right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is the road that it leads to, though. You know, I just feel bad for the guy because he actually has, still has potential. It's not over, but he can change his pattern or his life, but he has to want to. He's got to want it. Yeah. He's got to want it. Just like we want to know if the fans actually want to see Yao Ming inducted into the Basketball Hall of Fame alongside Allen Iverson and Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah, with an asterisk. Ooh, see, but I don't know because there's a there's another side of that, which is Yao bridged a cultural gap, and you know finance plays a big role in all of these sports now, and he bridged this cultural gap for these guys to make a lot of money. They, I heard a stat that was astounding. Did you know that when Yao Ming was playing for the Houston Rockets, the Houston Rockets regular season games were averaging more viewers than the Super Bowl? Wow, come on, man. But do you give the guy an induction for that? I mean, you're not supposed He to- was the reason for the season. Yeah, but he, what about his numbers? 19 and 9 for about 8 years? I think it was 7. And, and I don't even, uh, yeah, but I'm talking about him being productive. He probably was no, only I think it was Yeah, no, but I think he was only productive for like maybe 5 or 6. Huh. Yeah, let me take a peek at this. Yeah, yeah. man. I'm trying to tell you. And then you're and then then I, I want to play something else that I don't know if you saw about somebody that's going in with Yao Ming. Rather, he's leading the class. Next to WrestleMania 32, and it was really Look the at big this. event of the evening, I'd say, last night. Um, and the- Shaquille O'Neal! 
Shaquille O'Neal stepping into the what? ring. What was he doing? <laughs> Come on. Yeah, this is probably scenes from the locker room when he was there with the Lakers with Kobe all those nights, those rough nights. This is seven foot one NBA icon stunned more than a hundred thousand WWE fans as a final entrant in the third annual Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royale. So Come on, man. Wow, no, and the big show didn't even look that big next to him. Shaquille O'Neal, I stood next to Shaquille O'Neal, and I saw him on the Fox lot just a little bit ago, and he hugged me. He said, proud of you, boy. Good to see you. Keep up the good work. I was like, thanks, Diesel. <laughs> and he, he gave me a hug, and I was in his pocket. I didn't even know. All of a sudden, I was in his pocket. I was like, geez, you got deep pockets. <laughs> this guy is huge. It's huge. <laughs> and, and I'm telling you, Shaquille O'Neal... Not only was he a monster, monster basketball player, but possibly the most dominant player in the history of basketball, this guy just went out, bad Achilles and all, and participated in the Battle Royal, in the Royal Rumble. And he looked good. He looked good, and in honor of Andre the Giant, who's one of my favorites. Wow. He got ejected immediately, but what can you do? <laughs> I mean, you know, it's it's all good. I just and then The Rock came in and finished it off, huh? Oh, come on, man. <laughs> Six-second tap. <laughs> Oh, man, get out of here. Get out of here. This guy is a stone-cold winner. But, but so you're talking about Shaq. You're talking about Allen Iverson. These are two of the greatest to ever lace them up. Is Yao Ming deserving of being – you just don't see it, huh? No, I'm looking at the stats, and I'm definitely – I don't see it. Talk I, to me. I mean, he does – there was a, a time between 205 and 208 where he didn't even play 60 games. And then the last year, uh, 2010 to 2011, I mean, to 2010 to 11, he only played five games. So you're seeing that as, as just unacceptable. Very, very. I think that it diminishes or takes away a little bit of what the Hall is about. Obviously, he bridged the economic gap. But the thing of it is, is that it's supposed to be about statistics and whatnot. I felt like I thought that the Hall was about a guy who put up great numbers, won championships and all that kind of stuff. Well, you know, but what they're saying is, is they're expanding what the Hall is about. And it doesn't seem like you appreciate this expansion of the Hall. You'd no. like to keep the Hall narrow. <laughs> yeah, I like to keep it narrow. Yeah. I like to keep it, you know, as on court. Right. I mean, on a different note, the argument to be made is, is that Yao Ming has or Ming Yao, as has oftentimes stated, has included literally billions of people and introduced a billion people he's an ambassador to the game to the to the game and in that sense it's kind of like when you see a guy that's a scout or a coach get nominated uh you know right it's hard when you to me the hardest part to swallow is is that he never won a championship or he never won a division or you know he never got close you never even smelled the championship right right but he was going against the diesel, though, so you couldn't really expect him to do much. Hey, what can you do? <laughs> yeah. And the Spurs. <laughs> but still, I mean, his numbers don't justify him getting into the hall. That's my, that's my take on it. Well, there it is. Ladies and gentlemen, giving you a brief version of the Ozone today. want to leave on a nice quote from Buddha. Holding on to anger is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. Don't drink that poison, folks. Drink the Kool-Aid. This is Omar Miller here, signing off from the Ozone.